I want to take as my text this morning our our Psalter reading from Psalm uh, chapter 1. If you have a Bible uh, at hand, uh, I want to invite you to turn there. Psalm 1, if you open your Bible right to the middle, that'll probably get you into the Psalms. And our text this morning is Psalm 1, which I want to read just so it's fresh in our minds. Psalm 1. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yield its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither, and all that he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so, but they are like the chaff that the wind drives away. And therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. I've titled my talk this morning, One Way or Another one way or another indeed and simply put there are two ways in life uh, two ways uh, that we might choose to go about living our lives sometimes in the scripture the two ways are called the way of life or the way of death or in other instances uh, the way of good and the way of evil in fact uh, in the book of deuteronomy uh, moses the lawgiver combines those two descriptions and and, and this is what we read about what he wrote and what he said. Deuteronomy chapter 30 and beginning at verse 15. And Moses said, see, I have set before you today life and good, death and evil. For if you obey the commandments of the Lord your God, by loving the Lord your God and by keeping his commandments, the Lord your God will bless you. But if your hearts turn away and you will not hear, that is to say, you will not listen, but are drawn away to worship other gods and serve them, I declare to you that you shall surely perish. And therefore, Moses says, choose life. Or in the New Testament, because it's not just an Old Testament idea, it's very much a New Testament idea as well. Jesus in, in uh, the Gospels in Matthew chapter 7, uh, he, he describes these two ways, and he describes them as the way of the fool and the way of the wise. The way of the fool and the way of the wise. And so we read in Matthew chapter 7 and beginning at verse 24. Jesus says, everyone who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came. And the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them, he will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell and great was the fall of it. And in our text this morning, in Psalm 1, we're again presented with this one way of living and then another. 
And in a not so subtle way, God speaking uh, through the psalmist is saying to us, you must, you must choose which of the two ways will become your way. And the first way in Psalm 1, if you like, is the way of divine blessing. The way of divine blessing. Notice again in our text. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. And he is like a tree planted by streams of water that yield its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. And in all that he does, he prospers. You may have noticed in the text that the person who has chosen the way of divine blessing uh, chooses to embrace some things and to avoid others. Now, some things he does and some things he doesn't do, which reminded me of something that Steve Jobs said famously. Steve Jobs said this. He said, focus isn't just about saying yes. Focus is also about saying no. And as head of Apple, I'm just as proud of the things we chose not to do as I am about the things we did do. And so those who have chosen the way of divine blessing, they embrace some things and they avoid others. Indeed, the psalmist says that those who are on the, the way of divine blessing avoid, for instance, uh, the counsel of the wicked. That's something that they avoid. Uh, that is to say, you know, the, advi the advice of those who are, are not walking with God, whether they're in the church or whether they're in the world. This reminded me of something that uh, Mark Hall, who's I think is more or less the leader of a, the Christian uh, uh, praise band called uh, Casting Crowns. And Linda and Victoria and I and uh, Lynn, uh, Victoria's boyfriend last summer, we went to an outdoor concert. It was just great. Uh, but this is one of the things he said, and I scratched it down. He said, if you're not in the word for yourself, speaking of the Bible, if you're not in the word for yourself, your life will be directed by all the wrong voices. And the person who's on the, the way uh, of divine blessing uh, it, it, it avoids the counsel of the wicked, or if you like, all the wrong voices. Indeed, uh, the way the person who's on the way of divine blessing uh, refuses to listen huh, to all the wrong voices. And then the psalmist says that uh, those who are on the way of divine blessing uh, avoid uh, the way of sinners. The way, of course, uh, being used as it, as it often is in the scripture and other places as a, a metaphor the, for the way that people live their lives. So we talk about people that, well, he went his own way. Or I was even thinking, you know, Fleetwood Mac, they sang that song, right? You can go your own way. Uh, and, that, and, and, and so what the psalmist is, is talking about here is the way of sinners is people who have committed themselves uh, to sin. The person who's on the way that the, uh, the way of divine blessing uh, seeks to avoid this. Now, I and I can only speak for myself, but I think this probably applies to others as well. I sin. I, in fact, um, uh, the uh, John uh, writing in his first letter, First John chapter one and verse eight says, "If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us." And I sin, but I'll tell you what: I don't want to sin. 
it messes everything up. It messes up my relationship with God. And so I don't need to be partnering with people who've committed themselves to sin, who are on the sinner's way. No, I want to I want to listen to such people. I want to minister to such people. I want to be a friend to such people. I want to share my life with such people. But I don't want to partner with them because they're on a road that leads somewhere where I don't want to go. Their ultimate values are different than my, uh, my own. And so the person who is on the way of divine blessing avoids those who have committed themselves to sin. And then the psalmist says that all, those who are on the way of divine blessing avoid the seat of scoffers. We don't usually use that word often. We probably have to turn to the Bible to find the word a scoffer. But, uh, but th this is people who sit uh, in the seat of open rebellion against God, if you like. Uh, th those who mock and ridicule God and mock and ridicule all those who are serious about having a, a, a personal relationship with God. And again, I want to love these, and, I, and you should too, uh, to, to love them and share your life with them. But when it comes to partnering and hooking up with them, um, we can't do that if we're on the way, on the on 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 the 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 way of divine blessing, because that road goes somewhere else. And so, on the way of divine blessing, uh, some things are avoided. But then, and then this gets excited, just as the word yes is a more exciting word than the word no. Those on the divine uh, on the uh, on the way of divine blessing embrace some things. In particular, the psalmist says that those who are on the divine way delight in the law of God. Uh, that, that is that, uh, that, that the word of God is a, a source of pleasure uh, to them. Uh, and, and not just a great source of pleasure, uh, but their deepest desire is to do uh, uh, that about which they read. Uh, when you come to, again, to John's uh, first letter, 1 John, and the fifth chapter in verse 3, we read this. For, for this is the love of God that we keep his commandments. <laughs> we not only know about his commandments, but we keep his commandments because we love this God who calls us in this way of divine blessing. And then John says in the second part of the verse, and his commandments are not burdensome, which is an extraordinary statement. His commandments are not burdensome. In fact, uh, for those uh, who are on the, uh, the, the the way of divine blessing, I think this is probably something of an understatement uh, because for those who are on the way of divine blessing, for them obeying the word of God is not only not a burden, but it's a delight. <laughs> it's not a duty. It's not something I have to do. It's something I get to do. And this seems to be directly related to the, the second thing that the psalmist mentions, and that is that those who are on the way of divine blessing meditate, meditate on the law of the Lord, or meditate on what we would more commonly refer to as the, as the word of God. They're ever learning, and they're ever rehearsing it. In fact, the Hebrew word here for meditate literally means to murmur. It, it, it actually means to do something with your mouth, to be rehearsing, even with your mouth, the things that you read, the scriptures that you know, uh, which might seem a sort of a strange thing 
uh, to some people. But when you stop and think that we are having a conversation in our mind all of the time, uh, we, we're practicing speeches uh, that we're going to give. Uh, we don't call them speeches, but we're planning to say something to somebody. Or we're having a conversation with ourselves about how things are going, or there's a certain need or a certain concern. That we're, we're talking all the time in our mind. And the one who's on, on the way of divine blessing, his or her relationship with the scripture is, 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 is that that scripture enters into that, that personal self-talk, self that, that, that personal conversation. And not only that they might know the word and know the word well, but also that they might do the word well, which is the reason why they're blessed in the first place. Indeed, notice again, uh, beginning at verse one, blessed. Sometimes, sometimes translated happy. A sense of uh, there's a sense of security, a sense of hope, a sense of joy, because you're walking with the eternal God, in whose presence is fullness of joy. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight, his joy, is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. And he is like a tree. Notice the metaphor or the simile, if you like. He's like a tree planted or rooted by streams of water that yield its fruit in its season. It's not all withered up. It's healthy. It's green and full of fruit. It yields its fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither. And in all that he does, he prospers. And this is no new idea. You don't have to turn just to Psalm 1 to find this promise or this concept. In fact, if we turn to Joshua and in the first chapter of Joshua, we read this in verse 8. It says, and this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. But you shall meditate on it day and night. Now, there's a connection there. It shall not depart from your mouth. And we would think uh, that this book of the law or the, or the word of God, we might expect uh, this admonition. And it shall not um, depart from your heart or depart from your mind. But this is in the Hebrew. And to meditate is to murmur. And that's what this is about. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it. You shall murmur it day and night so that you may be careful to do, not just to know, but to do according to all that is written in it. And then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. And so this promise and this description of this way of life is found in various different places in the scripture. It's interesting, isn't it? Even in the what we read from the seventh chapter of Matthew at the end of the great Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is talking about the word and, and talking about his word. He who hears my word and does it, or he who hears my word and doesn't do it. And so that's the first way, the way of divine blessing. Then secondly, and finally, we have the way of divine judgment. Indeed, notice the text again. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. 
and on his law he meditates day and night. <laughs> he is like a tree planted by streams of water that yield its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. But the wicked are not so. They are like chaff that the wind drives away. And therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows or the Lord cares for the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. And so according to the psalmist, those who choo choose the way of divine judgment are marked or characterized by three things. And the first is, if you will, spiritual uselessness. Spiritual uselessness, or at least that, that's seemingly what is meant by, behind this, this, uh, this chaff metaphor. Uh, in addition to the idea of instability, the chaff is, is blown around by the wind. But uselessness seems a key idea. Indeed, chaff covers the grain, uh, and, but, it, but the chaff itself is debris. It's, it's, it's garbage. In fact, the whole process of winnowing is to throw the grain up and hope that the, that the wind catches uh, the, the chaff and takes it away. Uh, because it's useless uh, to the farmer. In the language of, of Jesus, the chaff is like a dead branch that bears no fruit. And so it's gathered up and it's discarded. Even in the, uh, John 15, is burned up to get rid of it. And then secondly, the, the psalmist says that the, the way of divine judgment leads to, to separation from the justified. And so not only is the un, those who are those who are committed to ungodliness are, are of no spiritual use to God in that state, uh, also is this idea of separation uh, that that, uh, that they are separated from the justified, the, those whom God has justified, those whom God calls His people. Indeed, notice again verse five, and therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation or the gathering of the righteous. And so this idea of separation, uh, which is a common one in, in the scriptures, uh, you have the, 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 the separation of the wheat from the chaff, the separation of the, the sheep from the goats, the separation of the righteous uh, from the wicked, and so on. And so in the day of divine judgment, when God judges man, or humanity, if you like, the wicked, the scripture says, the wicked will be unable to withstand that judgment. And the psalmist then says finally that the, that, in, that the end for those who are on this way, not the way of divine blessing, but the way of divine judgment, the end for those on the way of divine judgment is personal doom. In fact, I thought it's interesting in the translation of the of someone that we have in the Book of Common Prayer, that's just exactly the word that's that's used is the word doom. Notice again, verse six: For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. Or, if you like, the way of the wicked is doomed. And so, from God's perspective, the wicked—never mind how much 
they may be celebrated in the world. The wicked have no future. Indeed, their future is the future of chaff and divine judgment. I suppose the only question left then is so what does your future hold? Because all of us are headed for it. All of us are headed into the future one way or another. Let us pray. We might understand what people mean when they say that the Christian life is difficult, but it wouldn't make any sense to say that it's complicated. It's not complicated from Genesis to Revelation. In fact, it's hauntingly simple. It's just that uh, sometimes we don't want to do it. But if your spirit is alive in us, Lord, <laughs> And you're having your way with us. And we're walking on the way of divine blessing. Well, then this just is also very exciting. But if we're on the way of divine judgment, perhaps this doesn't sound so exciting. And maybe we sh should fear where it is that we're headed. But I pray, Lord, that any of us that might be listening to this even now, might take seriously what we're talking about. Indeed, you take it seriously. Think of the words of Paul who wrote to the church. He wrote to the Corinthians and said, examine yourselves to see if you're really in the faith. We need to do that, I think, from time to time, not dwelling on it, but it's a healthy question. And um, so help us, Lord, to answer that question. And if we think that we're on the wrong way to get on the right one, and this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.